The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Still smelling crack in my clothes. Don't make me have to relapse on these hoes. Take it back out to taxing them road when I was hugging it. Niggas couldn't do nothing with it. Straight from the oven with it. What up, people? Guess who's back? It's your girl T Ridge. Hey, I know y'all miss me. Um, this is shit you might have missed. Um, joining me today, we're all calling in because the weather is crap. So joining in from home base is. Oh, well, I'll be the first one. K-Savage. Hi, friends. And our illustrious leader. Lee Bennett III, a.k.a. Da Vinci Parks. So, yeah, we're back at this thing. Um, I'm back for the first time this year. And also the government workers are back at work. So everybody's back for now. (laughs) True indeed. So, uh... A shout out to Nancy Pelosi, but also a shout out to uh, the airport workers who was just like, fuck this. We are going to ground everything on the East Coast and you hoes will suffer. Um, I think they played a really big part in getting this whole shutdown turned around. It's the irony, like the, the, the airport workers used like leverage the same way the president was trying to use them as leverage. So they use their jobs as leverage. So ironic. Next time it might just be an E. coli outbreak, but you know. Well, they did recall, what was it, peaches? (laughs) (laughs) Right. They recalled something. Some some chicken nuggets got recalled too. I just saw that too. There you go. Food inspectors are important after all. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I guess you when you eat. don't understand the government, you don't understand that the government is not like some mystical word that's just, <laughs> that serves absolutely no purpose. Like if It is if you're a libertarian. There, right, there are people in these jobs that do shit, like, not only with the airlines, but like you said, with the food inspectors and the national parks. They're talking about how it's going to take years to rebound from the damage that was done from this historic 35-day shutdown. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the SEC ain't been no IPO since this, since this whole shutdown began. Yeah. And he's, you know, talking about doing it again if he doesn't get this wall that's so important for government, that's so important for national security, but it wasn't important enough to actually make sure we had security during the time well, that the government was shut down for 35 days because Customs and Border Protection and TSA. And the fucking Coast Guard? <laughs> like, if you want to get some shit in, you had 35 amazing days to do it because niggas won't at work. There was that. 
And if it shuts down again, you might not get in in the meantime because for real, for real, backlog. Yeah. Coming off the holiday season. Yeah. So I just want to uh, throw out there uh, to back what Takia was saying with regard to the TSA agents. Um, on the Joe Madison show on Sirius XM, uh, there's somebody who called in. They were saying, yeah, we should we should boycott before the Super Bowl. And like, you know, so like, you know, they, they can't actually have the Super Bowl. He's like, no, <laughs> wait until everybody gets in town. Wait till they host that Lombard- mm. Lombardi trophy in the air and then walk off the job. Because all the people mm. got to get back home. And I think oh, that's that, too funny. Let them get their fun in. Yeah. And they'd be stranded in fun time. Mm-hmm. Because there's 100, it's 100,000 plus people that got to get out of Atlanta. And Atlanta is a major hub in terms of air travel in this country. And probably. It is, Del- it is Delta's major hub. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It is the home of Delta Airlines. Yeah, yeah. And Southwest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when I was flying back from South Africa, I had to fly in through Atlanta. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if this is going to be a problem. Because I had already heard about, um, gosh, I can't remember where it was, but they were like, a couple of airlines had closed concourses because they just didn't have LaGuardia? people. Was it LaGuardia? I don't remember. It might have been LaGuardia. I feel like they had started dialing back on, on flights out of LaGuardia uh, because of a lack of manpower. And on top of the fact that they, it was kind of insulting because the governments and the and the mayors were finding ways to basically float money to TSA agents because they realized they were going to have to actually bring TS, extra TSA agents from across the country in a week early to basically handle the capacity for what's going to come in for the Super Bowl. So if you think about, okay, you can fly people from other states in, you got to house them somewhere, they got to get fed, and they got to work. So y'all can make this happen, but you can't actually pay these folks? <laughs> there's so many things that are coming out it's like the fact that you know like it's good that federal workers are going to get their their back pay eventually but there's still a question of contractors who just took mm-hmm. an utter and total loss um and as somebody who has done contract work for the federal government whatever and, and has worked obviously with other contractors because that's what happens when you're a contractor uh it, it's not fun to see yourself or people that you know directly like having to get hit up like that it's like you get nothing out of that situation? Word. And I'm working the same job as the person next to me. They just happen to be federal and I'm not. That's not cool. Or the people who are like, you know, vendors on the streets, you know, who depend on tourist dollars to come by when they sit outside the, you know, national museums that weren't open. A lot of people's pockets were affected outside of the 800000 that they were publicizing. There's far more than that. Uh uh, and, and it goes in so many levels, and you got people who are like, you know, risking being thirty workers, days late on their mortgage or their rent, huh? Daycare workers, fitness instructors, mm-hmm. restaurant employees. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if 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 the federal government is shut down, it's whole sections of downtown DC that just aren't open for business. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Longfront Plaza, all those people who work in the food courts. They're off because if there's no federal workers, you know what I'm saying? There's no reason to be open. And if there's no federal workers, there's no tourists because the Smithsonian was closed. So basically all of D.C., you know what I'm saying, has been closed, you know what I'm saying, from China down to Chinatown on. And if there's no federal workers downtown, 
then how many people are really going to restaurants, you know what I'm saying, that are in the downtown or around Union Station? Like so much, you know what I'm saying? How many people uh, can tip? Business, you know what I'm saying? So many other people that you don't even think about who nobody are that not even are they not being thought about in terms of, you know, the money that was lost to them. But nobody's talking about, you know, compensating them. Food trucks. Mm-hmm. Like I work outside of Union Station and there were like no food trucks and they're always like lined up. Mm-hmm. That's all talking about with the vendors outside the mu- museum. That's exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on top of that, those, when you go into restaurants, when you're getting paid, you can tend you tend to be able to do things like tip for service, you know? Right. And in a city that's become a food truck culture, that's like a serious thing because it's Mm -hmm. not just, you know, all those places around tourist hubs. But like there's a lot of food trucks that strictly service federal buildings, Mm -hmm. you know, in other parts of, you know, like near the White House and other parts of, you know, not so much the downtown, but like the federal areas in D.C., like those hundreds of thousands of people or at least tens of thousands of them were not working, you know? And so like the people who work at Starbucks, their shifts were cut short. I mean, it's just so many people that you don't even think about who they're not getting paid. And those people have kids who are in daycare, who they didn't go to daycare because there was no money coming in. So daycare workers aren't getting paid. I mean, you know, there was a woman who called up who was saying that um, she's a Zumba instructor and she basically wasn't sure what she was going to do because, you know what I'm saying? Most of her clientele is first of all coming in for the new year. So that new year bump, because you made your resolution to lose some weight, all of that is gone because nobody had any income coming in. But then on top of it, there are people who don't pay for gym memberships. They pay for the class, you know what I'm saying, by the session, or they may buy, you know, a block of classes and take that. And so all that money is lost. Yeah. I think they said it was like $11 billion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a low end because there's a lot that a lot of stuff that we were talking about just now. I'm pretty sure was not factored in. Right, right. I think a lot of that and 11 billion, billion of it is 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 predicted to be recovered. Yeah, and I'm sure that number will be much smaller than they think. And of that 11 billion, I'm pretty sure the vast majority, if not all, of it, is pretty much earmarked for federal employees. Um, what I and the other thing that kind of, well, there's not the other thing that makes it sound like it's only one other thing, but one of the things that kind of irritated me, well, not kind of, did irritate me, was uh, I believe it was Mitch McConnell who essentially made kind of, I don't want to attribute it to Mitch McConnell if it wasn't him, but there was a senator who essentially said that the amount of money being lost was less than one half of 1% of the federal budget. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's great, oh, but... Oh. You know, that has that nothing to do with people wrong. paying their rent and their mortgage on time and making car notes. And and then there's some people who still, unfortunately, even though they weren't getting paid, still had to go to work. <laughs> that, that was Robert Ross, who just couldn't understand why people were going to food banks. No. Well, there you go. So there, there, there's, a, there, there's a lot that this... Uh, and ultimately, it, it shows such a, a very... Uh, high level of poor leadership when it comes to one Donald Trump that he would sink to a level of literally holding the people that he's supposed to protect hostage. He 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 spent literally more than twice what he was trying to get 
trying to like make a point and trying to like like basically punk people and it didn't work. And it didn't work. He he didn't get what he was asking for. Yeah. So I mean this. Yeah, you know I I'm I don't know I I I think uh, we just we just look we waiting on Mueller, you know. <laughs> I mean I'm I'm a little bit conflicted because I was happy that um, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats didn't go their normal route, which is like to cave and roll over mm-hmm. because then this becomes a thing that every time he wants to have a temper tantrum, it's like, oh, well, let me just shut down the government. Mm-hmm. But I feel conflicted in saying that because I know that it has very real consequences for, you know, real people. Right. And I, so I'm not happy you know, that people had to suffer. I don't feel conflicted uh, about it, though. But I also feel like if the Democrats are going to hold out, I really need the DNC and I really need Democrats and Democratic donors to actually come out in mass publicly in a coordinated effort to actually provide real food, you know, relief and possibly even monetary relief. Because there are people whose creditors are not taking a promise from the government. And there are many people who are government, you know, adjacent to this income that was lost who aren't going to. You know, they have no chance of being recompensated, you know what I'm saying, for um, any of, you know, the money that they've lost and the expense and and what it costs to then be, you know, unemployed. Mm -hmm. I don't think people understand that, like, it costs money to not be able to pay your bills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not only that, any debt that you incur in the process of trying to stay afloat, that's not going to be uh, returned to you either. So if you're now taking a loan, there were a lot of places that were offering uh, no interest loans, but I also saw places that were offering, air quotes, low interest loans, um, which is opportunistic. But, you know, it's a business and that's what happens. But the idea that you have to go in debt to pay your your mortgage or your rent or whatever you have to do when you are employed, you you have full-time employment, but your country um, is failing you in terms of handling the things it's supposed to handle. And, and that's another thing, just waiting to the last minute to handle these, these budget things in the first place. This shit should never happen in the first place. They've just gotten comfortable mm-hmm. with getting right. to the points of continuing resolutions and not passing budgets. There's a point uh, where we were, I want to say in the Obama administration, we went a couple years without actually having a full, or it might have been in the last couple years of the Bush administration, mm-hmm. Um, no, Obama too. Where we went oh, oh, years oh, without actually passing a budget. Years. We just, just like kicking the can and it got to a point like, nah, we're going to stop that. But I know, but I'm I pretty sure like, it was definitely in the Bush era. But both. Both in the Obama and the Bush era. Okay. Because, you know, um, there have been several periods, you know, where we have had no actual budget that was passed. And so we're just operating on continuing resolutions. But I feel like if that's going to be a thing... Because I, I forget what they did. There used to be a time when they they money just kind of automatically rolled over from one year to the next. So if they couldn't get the budget passed, it was a big deal. But like the, the government kept humming along and there was funding that was coming. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're really at this point after this fiasco needs to be, you know, the floating of a constitutional amendment that says that, you know, Pending some actual real national emergency that says that we can't actually pay our bills, it's totally unacceptable for the government on any level to stop functioning because Congress can't get their shit together. 
You know what I'm saying? Like this is this is a whole machine. Like like the the entire country depends on government working in mm-hmm. so many different ways that we don't really understand and comprehend, and it's so complex. And if fun, there's so many ways that the government either funds or regulate or oversees, you know, things and, and how the country operates, you know, just regular daily business operations from the Department of Education, you know, so whether it's, you know, kids going to school and, you know, going to daycare and getting voucher payments from, you know, the Department of Education so kids can go to Head Start or whether it's, you know, IPOs or, you know, food being inspected, like it's totally unacceptable for us to be shut down, not to mention the fact that other business with other countries stops. Like, and, and I just don't understand right now, you know what I'm saying? Venezuela got two different presidents going on, but you know what's going on? Their fucking government is still running. Like people have real national emergencies and their government still keeps running. And I think we're the only, you know what I'm saying? Like developed country with a democracy that does not continuously fund government, that that something like this could actually happen. And it's embarrassing. And I would like to just, uh, you know, just, you know, continue to add on to like, you know, the the litany of embarrassments that Chris was laying out. Um, The idea that we know that the interest on the money that was being held was accruing and that doesn't get passed on to the per- the people who are injured by this whole process, I think is egregious. I think there really needs to be, and I, I put that out there during the, the time that the government was shut down. I believe there needs to be some type of uh, resolution passed where any interest on frozen money that is owed to people who have earned the money already, I believe that money needs to and like earn interest and they need to receive that money, that, that interest, and not be taxed on it later on. Especially since they're paying interest to stay afloat. Right. So, I mean, that's my thing. I think the federal, I mean, I mean, federal contractors uh, should be compensated. And I think that any interest earned uh, or accrued rather should be passed on to the employees of the government uh, in good faith. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I just think there, there are a number of things that, that need to be improved, and um, I, 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 what I, I want to also clarify. I was saying I don't to to what uh, T. Rich was saying. She was saying I feel conflicted, and I understand what she's saying. Um, I don't feel nearly as conflicted because while it's unfortunate, and of course I feel for the people who are going through the the, the situation in terms of not being employed and all the things that they were dealing with. Again, I've seen it firsthand. I've dealt with it firsthand. Um, what I, um, why I didn't feel as conflicted is I feel like if the Democrats had on the on the other side of the token caved in, I believe that that would have just been a precedent that had been, that was set moving forward that any president or any Congress could pull a stunt like that and feel like this was the move that they can default to in order to get what they wanted. So. I feel like it well, off of yeah, pr- totally. yeah. I just felt like off a of principle that they, you know, and the, which wasn't a, a given because again, the, the Democrats um, are notorious for allowing the Republicans to punk them. We've seen it time in and time out since like the eighties. The Republicans just like yo, they just wanted more. It's like uh, it was like Jordan versus LeBron. It's like like the killer instinct. It's like okay, we're just going to give it to Jordan on this one. I don't know, but uh, I just. 
I, I appreciate the fact that they did not cave to, because uh, I feel like if they had done that, then that, that would just been like, okay, game over. Y'all might as well just take y'all ball and go home. Whatever gains y'all made from the 2016, like, I mean, the 2018 elections, throw that they out the window. Yeah, throw that out the window. Y'all might as well just go and give your seats now. I totally agree, but I also feel like the media did a shitty-ass job, you know what I'm saying, which, given what's been going on recently, is not really surprising you know, at all. unusual at this point. Yeah. But they did a shitty-ass job of actually framing the issue, because the reality is, on some levels, it's to me, it's not even about Democrats caving. You have to look at Republicans and ask yourself, at what point in time do they plan on taking their party back from somebody who, until he decided he wanted to run for president, was actually a registered Democrat? I mean, like, this is a man who, you know what I'm saying, is is only opportunistically a Republican. And so, you know, he took over the party. And I understand that he has a base, but at some point in time, you know what I'm saying, like Mitch McConnell could totally take his party back. You know, at what point in time do, do, do Republicans have to actually bear the responsibility for this is your leader? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, you know, leaders can, you, you, you know, only lead if nobody revolts against them. And at some point in time, I need, you know, the, the, the Republicans to actually be like, nah, this is some fuckery that we don't want to put our names on anymore. And like, we're going to take our party back um, because he's not winning them 2020 at this oh, no. point. I mean, it's totally possible, you know, just because of the way the gerrymandering has been done with districts for him to actually still possibly win. But the other reality is, you know what I'm saying? Is there a guarantee at this point that he'll even run? Like, if he doesn't think he can win, and at this point, not winning would be losing, do we think he'll run? But does he think he can't win? Well, uh, well there, that's a very good uh, counter to Kia. And also, I would like to point out, um, T. Rich, I'm sorry. Um, I'd also like to to add in, he didn't expect to win the first time around. Remember how shocked he was when he was sitting there the, the couple of days after, like, you know, doing a sit down with Obama. This was a play for him to get a media company. And and that's not happening now. Oh, yeah. Well, well, he yeah. Uh, I mean, he might get one in China because they'll give him a trademark. Yeah, he might not be be out of jail to get one now. I don't know if that happening now. Like I I see the FCC having a whole bunch of issues with that. Yeah. On on top of the fact, I just I don't know if he's going to be able to do what Nixon did and and just skate out and uh, you know throw the peace sign up in the air and bounce. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that. Well, he can if he does a Reagan. Nah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how he could. I mean, it's possible he's white, he's rich, he's, he's privileged. Huh? Who would say he's actually competent now? He would. <laughs> that's his problem. Right, and I think that's part of the reason why he keeps holding these rallies. Yeah, he's, because, he's, you know, he knows where his base is and he goes and he kind of gets that, that re-up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. from his base and it's like he it confirms for him that you know people are interested in him and people will vote for him and and that's also, what a lot of this is just about looking at some of the polls he looks at like recently he tweeted out that he was he'd seen like a 31 percent bump from his words from the hispanics not my words um <laughs> i just wanted to be clear on that um so he <laughs> You know, he when you 
focus on where you get your information from and it tells you what you want to hear, then, you know, that feeds this idea that, like, yeah, I did this before. I can do this again. Why not? I also want to point out that he recently tweeted that he's done more than any president in history in his first two years in office. He actually tweeted that shit. Yeah, he thinks he's doing a great job. He does. He does. And and he's his own worst enemy. The idea that the critiques he had for President Obama about if you have a shutdown uh, or something, basically what we were just in, is a uh, is a sign of poor leadership and it's from top down, et cetera, et cetera. Or the fact that you pull out of a war, you signal that you're pulling out of a war is, is poor leadership. He does all the things that he critiqued Obama for, but way worse. But this is different because this was his idea. I get it. You know, Obama was not able to keep the government open, but he decided that he was going to shut the government down. That's why I said it's way worse. <laughs> happily. He happily decided. That. Obama said, I'm going to pull out in two years. This dude said, we're going to pull out immediately. No warning. Didn't consult his like his like generals who are actually people who are experts on war. You know? And so you know what's going on? We still there under the guise of, what, what do they call it, training? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, because the reality is they were like, no, the whole situation will crumble. And so, you know, they just, you know, used... Re- Use different words to explain why they kept the same amount of people there or maybe took some people out but shifted them to, you know what I'm saying, an easily accessible part of the region for them to be in. And it's just like, you know, he has no idea what's going on. You know, on some levels, I think the military is kind of sort of running itself. I mean, there are some things that they just kind of have to do, but there's a lot of, I feel like, behind the scenes, like even with the Syria thing of no... We're going to use this language and it's like not even for us. It's not even for the sake of the public. It's for the sake of him so that he can say, you know, I did this. But in reality, you didn't like this. Dude, none of the stuff that he says he's doing other than just destroying the, the, the structure of government, the integrity of government. Is he really doing? Yeah, this dude literally said that he defeated ISIS totally. Like, like where are your facts for that? <laughs> he just said it. It's like, like everybody's confused. Like, huh? <laughs> Meanwhile, we are in negotiations with, you know, Al Qaeda. So, I mean, next, I just like facts don't matter, girl. Only feelings, Newt Gingrich. Gotcha. Speaking of alternative facts, can we discuss Kellyanne? Because I just feel like I'm fascinated with her. You know what I'm saying? I feel like her whole little personal life is going to crumble publicly when this is all over, or maybe in the middle. I mean, of if it, it has it now, by now, I think you know. I think the husband is probably just waiting for it to be all over with or whatever, but there's there's gonna be a lot of tension afterwards in terms of like, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no mystery as to where her husband stands on on one Donald J. Trump. And I just wanna know who is gonna give Sarah Sanders a job after this. I mean, all these people find work afterwards. And it's the funny thing is yeah. she might find work in a place where she like you at least expect her. Like who expected to find John Banner in the weed industry? But here he is. Oh, I, I can mean totally she barely see has a job now. <clears throat> who Sarah Sanders? Mm-hmm. They don't trot her out to the podium as much because we're mean to her. Mm-hmm. She's just not good at lying to us convincingly anymore. I don't even think she tries. I think she just tries to like confuse the. I don't even know what they. I mean, it's lying, but it's it's a it's a. Different kind of line. I'm, I don't know. It's, logic is 
has no play in her lies. It's just. I just feel like when that boy from Mike Pence's office went back home, you know what I'm saying, and Sarah was still sticking around, it's like, come on, girl, get some self respect. Seriously, get some self respect. You know what I'm saying? Get some self respect so that somebody can think that you are legitimately employable sometime in the future. Because, like, you know, like, Paul Manafort has had a job for the last 20 years, but don't nobody respect him. You know what I'm saying? I want her to have a job where she can respect herself. Why? I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Now, if you're willfully working for this administration, I mean, you can work for the administration and, like, you know, try to do, you know, try. I believe there are a lot of people who are working for this administration who are just trying to keep shit from falling completely off the rails. So, yeah, yeah, but that's my point. So, (laughs) if you're one of those people who's working for this administration, but you're just trying to go along to get along with Donald Trump, then, you know, you know, I I, I have no feels for you. I really don't. She's so unlikable right now, and I just feel like. Was she ever likable? I don't, the only time I've known of her is this. I feel like she looks like she could have been likable once upon a time. I don't know. That's Maybe not what I get when I see her. Nah, I don't. I feel like I feel like in a, a mm, yeah. I feel like she came out of the womb unlikable. <laughs> Which in and of itself is not a bad thing. I mean, being an unlikable person, I, I feel like there's like too much it's emphasis placed that. on being like likable, yeah. but. I feel like she takes unlikability like to new lows, and it's like everybody. I feel like everybody dislikes you. Yeah. All right. I even when she goes up to the podium, it's like that that (sighs) used to next face grin grimace that she has. It's just like oh no. She is the worst. I just I don't know. I'm not a fan. Um, I don't, you know, you know, wish her any like ill, but I don't, you know, I'm not rooting for her. I wish her. her nothing. Yeah, I'm not rooting for her. <laughs> I don't wish her to fail. I don't wish her to fly. Mm. I mainly don't wish her to fail because I don't want the karmic retribution that comes with that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish her nothing. I just, I just want her to not appear on my TV after this lying to me still hey man i i just want to point out that that spicy facts <laughs> made his little uh, little mini triumphal return to tv for a minute and everybody was like oh you're you're so darling and you know so it it, it could happen you know omarosa tried to get back in i mean but also omarosa has been trash for longer I feel like Sean Spicer is kind of like a meatball too, you know what I'm saying? So there's just something Pillsbury Doughboy cute about him. Is it? You know? Yeah, I think he also knows that he's a fuckboy and that that's his job, to, that's his role to play, you know what I'm saying? And so because he is staying firmly in his lane, you know, I'm good with that. <laughs> you were surprisingly forgiving today. I just, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. I'm not forgiving of him as, you know, a person. I just feel like he understands his role in media. He's the, you know, the jolly trader. That's that, that's so incongruous. That's that's a high level of cognitive dissonance right there for you to say he's the jolly trader. He is the jolly <laughs> <trader>. <laughs> he goes out. I mean, he's just he goes out to be the butt of jokes. You know what I'm saying? And like, if that's what you want to do for a living, 
sir, it is honest and I respect it because if I can make fun of you, you know what I'm saying, and you're good with that because you're getting a check for it, then you know what? We're all happy here. As long as you know what you are, laughable. That's cool. Knowing that you're laughable and playing up to that, you know, gives him some likability. Not much. I don't think he thought he I don't think he thought he was laughable when he was doing it though. So that that that's yeah. I think that's where I disagree. Uh because he was he was serious. Yeah, but then it was a tragic laughable. Now it's just like kind of funny. I think he's trying to he tried to retroactively try to make it funny, but and, you know, because he saw like you know SNL was roasting him, like, oh, like, you know, but I I don't feel like he was I thought he was really trying to like let him ride this moment because it is clear that he don't have no other job prospects coming to him. I don't know a moment to ride. I haven't heard spicy facts. I mean, that's the first time I heard his name is when I just brought it up <laughs> in months. Because he gotta make mortgage payments. Hey. Christmas done come and gone. Hey. I don't know. Can't call it. Can't call it. <clears throat> so uh yeah. Um thankfully the government's open back up. Uh obviously we have to keep an eye on it. To see what happens, you know, come mid February, how this plays out. Um, I I think ultimately, the, I thought initially what was going to happen, honestly, was he was going to open it up sooner, and then try the other recourse that he was going to he had been touting, which was state of emergency. I don't think that'll I, last either. But I feel like there will be no negotiation. The government will shut down. He will try and declare a national emergency. It will fail. So spectacularly, and he'll just be forced to give in again. At that point, what is he? What is his? What is his stake as president? I mean, because at the end of the day, we know he's laughed at. We've literally seen world leaders laugh at him. I mean, are we waiting for Mitt Romney to lead the vote of no confidence charge? I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? He is a senator now, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, he, I, I need him to, you know. Work his Mormon magic, you know what I'm saying, and get them to fall in line, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I just, I don't. I mean, he's already, what he promised is not going to happen. He promised this wall that Mexico was going to pay for, which straight out the gate, Mexico was like, suck my balls, you pay for this shit. And now, I mean, it's like, it's looking as if no one is going to pay for it. No, because it was dumb to begin with. It's stupid. This physical steel or concrete wall that El Chapo told us a long time ago don't fucking matter. I mean, I just want to remind everybody that while there are people who cross, you know, through the desert and everything like that, most illegal most undocumented citizens actually come here come through, through the motherfucking the airport. airport. You know what I'm saying? So They're all the PSA workers, you know what I'm saying, that you didn't have <clears throat> on the job, not that they would have stopped them anyway, because they just come here as fucking visitors and don't leave. And then they stay. You know, or or because, you know, it's a fair amount of, you know, model minorities that come here on student visas that just don't go the fuck home either. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the reality is everybody always crying about, oh, they come here to take our jobs. Like they take the jobs at the low end of the scale. 70% of NASA engineers are Indian born. So, you know what I'm saying? Sleep on that. They take the high level jobs too. You know what I mean, saying? but realistically, they're taking the jobs that either no one wants or most people don't want or most people can't get. Or... 
they're taking the jobs that companies don't actually want to pay an actual, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, American citizen who's not sitting here waiting for citizenship or permanent residency sponsorship or a green card. You know what I'm saying? So the reality is they're taking them because they just are cheaper. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just all around. But the reality is, as long as, you know what I'm saying, capitalism is our, you know, economic system, people are always going to be outcompeted in the marketplace because, you know what I'm saying, all contracts go to the lowest bidder. And to put that in perspective, and to put that in perspective, anybody who's ever, I don't know, managed a property, whether you rent or you own it, uh, when you go out looking for somebody to fix something, it could be your front door, it could be uh, a step, it could be your air conditioning needing to get serviced. Uh, you try to find the person that's going to do the job well for the lowest amount of money. That's, that's the way. That's make it even more practical. You will literally click on something from an unknown seller that is 75 cents less on Amazon than you will. Oh, yeah. Like, does it have it on eBay? You know what I'm saying? So the reality is capitalism is all about getting, you know what I'm saying, as much profit as possible for the least amount of overhead. What about that Whether free shipping? Labor, materials, you know what I'm saying, location, whatever it is, the cheaper that we can do it, you know what I'm saying, the more money that we can make off of it. And that applies to labor, you know what I'm saying? And your company don't give a fuck about you because you're a motherfucking liability. Look, I will have $250 worth of shit in a cart. And if it says that shipping is $7.25, I won't buy anything. Girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will let it all go. Like, what the fuck? What that shipping look like? Looks for an item that was like some maybe obscure or comes from some weird region of the world. And so it's hard for you to find one that comes from free shipping and you just get so frustrated. You click the prime button and you're like, fuck it. I'll pay $10 more because I'm not going to pay the $20 shipping. (laughs) (laughs) Just fuck it. So, I mean, like we all know, you know what I'm saying? There's a whole show dedicated to couponing. People walk into the store with slips of paper and literally walk out with carts full of merchandise and some of them get motherfucking money back. So, like, I mean, we all know what this, you know what I'm saying, what it is to shop for a price. You know what I'm saying? Why we pretend it doesn't happen, you know what I'm saying, when we are the actual laborers is beyond me. Another thing that's beyond me, but probably shouldn't be because Trump's America, um, Jesse Smollett was assaulted mm. in Chicago um, by MAGA, MAGA bros. He was hospitalized. Uh, he had landed in Chicago from New York and gone out to get something to eat at like a subway or something. And he was like first verbally assaulted with like, oh, aren't you... That that uh faggot nigga from Empire. Yeah, I, I struggle with saying that word. Um and then they just began to attack him. I think they said they threw bleach on him, they put a noose around his neck, um, fractured a rib. Who the fuck where are these nooses coming from? So and, and let's let's talk about this. It was two men in the middle of the night in motherfucking Chicago hmm. with ski masks and a rope, which means they they were looking they were looking for somebody and Jesse just happened to be the first vulnerable black man that they came across. Because the reality is you don't leave your house and just happen to have 
two ski masks, you know what I'm saying, and a length of rope to fashion into a noose to wrap around somebody's head because you just were out on a whim. You know what I'm saying? All of this is premeditated. And I just feel like... Hate crime. You know, and bleach. And the bleach. Because nobody ever just randomly has bleach with them. You know what I'm bleach saying? Bleach and a noose. Hate crime. So, right. Bleach and a noose and two ski masks. So I just feel like only because they happen to come across a famous person, you know what I'm saying, is it as big a story as it was. Not that it was never going to make national news. It was because two ski mask, the noose, and the bleach, you know what I'm saying? Come on now, that was bound to make national news, if not international news. But the fact that you did it to a famous person means that now justice is really coming for you. You know what I'm saying? Because we can't have the famous black man be assaulted by two random, clearly racist people, you know what I'm saying, and not actually try and really pursue this for the hate crime that it is. Because again, two ski masks, a noose, you know what I'm saying, and some bleach are not things that you just randomly happen to have as you're walking through, you know what I'm saying, the city at 2 a.m. in the morning, you know what I'm saying. Maybe if you had a cart of laundry and it was like, you know, some string or something like that, but that, that's not what this was. No. And so I feel like the bigger issue to me is not even who it was or what happened, but the fact that it was totally premeditated and I cannot entertain anything on the level of what just went down with the little Covington kids of this just having to happen. You know what I'm saying? Like it just happened to happen. Like I, I can't take none of that. So, it's a hate crime. So I, I, I'm wondering, okay, so, um, I said, you know, it's going to be somebody like we got to hear both sides. And it's like, no, we of don't. course. Yeah. They, they're going to spin it. But what I wanted to throw out there is, um, I, it's obvious to, of course you too. And, uh, the listeners out there, um, I listened to, um, Joe Madison quite often on on, on Sirius XM and because he's he's very informed. He's got a lot of anecdotal history in terms of like activism, stuff like that. And I think he's just on point. He'll he'll give shit two shits about like uh being politically correct, and I appreciate that. So um he had been actually uh a large proponent for some time for trying to get an anti-lynching bill passed. Apparently, um anti-lynching bills have uh been introduced two hundred times and have not passed. It's it's still not a federal crime. Uh, it's still not a bill for uh, anti-lynching. So I'm wondering if this will be the thing that gets it done. Because now there's a face to it. A, 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 an actual face. A famous face. Yeah. You can't turn away from it now and say, I, I didn't know. Because there are a lot of politicians who were asked about it when they got on his show. Said, why, why, why is there not anti-lynching? I was like, oh, I thought that was... Introduced a long time ago and passed it. No, it's never passed. No, which which is amazing because people have been getting lynched. People think it stopped, but it hasn't. So no, it hasn't. And I would just like to throw out there for people who may not know this that um, anybody who's not white that's a racial group in this country has been subject to lynching. So they lynch Asian people. They lynch South Asian people. They let they lynch Latino people. You know what I'm saying? They will lynch anybody who is not brown enough, and they will lynch you if you're gay. And white, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I just feel like it's this the, the concept of having an anti lynching bill is not just for the benefit of black people, oh. it's for anybody who is on the margins. Because the reality is, any and everybody who is not a white man who falls within heteronormative, you know what I'm saying, framework is totally, you know what I'm saying, a candidate for lynching given the right circumstances. I also want to point out that a lynching does not have to involve rope. No, I think people no. think that, and I think that might be what be, might be one of the holdups in terms of this bill getting passed. But again, 
I mean, this makes it pretty plain. You know, you have somebody who was assaulted in Chicago. Chicago already gets press. This person is famous. This is the first I had heard of it. Um, uh, yeah, I don't understand how they, this doesn't get used as a means to 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 push this bill over the top because there's no reason why this shouldn't have passed decades ago. Uh, but yeah, that's that's wild. On another related but lighter note, can we talk about Very Smart Brothers and Chrisette Michelle? You know I was going to discuss it, right? <laughs> so I had heard a little bit about her. It sounded like from what I heard, because I haven't dug into it that much, it sounded like she had, she had actually actively learned from her fuck up. But I, again, I, don't, I didn't dig all the way into it, so I will let you two lead. And well, see, we thought she was just crazy, but it turns out she was actually having a real sanity break. Um, so in in the interim months, she has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Her brother's bipolar. You know what I'm saying? Basically lost almost all sorts of income in the sense that, like, you know, she's barely selling tickets at all. Like venues are half full at best. Um and 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 basically she's just been ostracized you know what i'm saying and like it is totally taking its toll and now that we know that she was actually having a momentary break with sanity that like you know she does need to have some kind of therapeutic you know and probably medication routine in order to you know keep perspective and be in touch with consensus reality, I feel like we gotta let her back into the barbecue because, like, bro, I gotta eat and she can actually sing. You know what I'm saying? And she didn't really fully comprehend what it was that she was doing um, because she was not in touch with consensus reality. And, like, now that she is, you know, and we know what the story is, like, you know. It's not even about giving a pass. I feel like people with mental health issues or addiction issues, they get legitimate do-overs. So the Washington Post, um, I don't know if you read the article. So um, just to give a little background on this topic, the Washington Post basically did a behind the music <laughs> the print version of Chris, Chrisette Michelle and the picture they showed of one of her shows was so sad. It was just like, you know, your kid is out here and you, your mama and your favorite aunties come to your show. And that's all it looked like was there. And I mean, it was kind of sad because like Christy said, I, I think Chrisette Michelle has a great voice. She's a great singer. Um, if you saw her on whatever reality show she was on, you already knew she was a little bit loopy. But mm-hmm. I think it's R and B divas. If we still buy mm-hmm. tickets to Lauren Hill, who may not show up, and Which Erica Badu, who legit says crazy shit and stands Which I will by not it, anymore, you know what I'm saying? Then, like, I feel like we really have to let Chrisette live because you know what I'm saying. Her voice is really amazing. She has to be able to earn a living. And I just feel like when people make legit mistakes that they're genuinely sorry for, they should be allowed to, you know, start over again. And I feel like on some levels, we don't owe her an apology, but we do owe her understanding and she doesn't owe us an apology. 
because she didn't actually say anything offensive. She just did something that was offensive because it appeared that she was siding with the wrong team. And the but she did also say like, "Don't listening. don't boycott Target because that they sell my music." So she it was she yeah she was on a roll. But I get what you're saying though. But 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 you know what? I totally feel somebody saying, "Look, you know what I'm saying. This is one of the main places." Where somebody the only who place. is interested in me can actually buy my music. And I totally respect somebody saying, your boycott is my paycheck, and I would respect that you didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Because the reality nah, is not, not over. if Target workers came out and said, look, we're not unionized. We work under these conditions. We're doing the best we can. Your boycott is our paycheck. You know, there, there's two sides to every story. And I think the thing that we have to understand about boycotts and political actions is that they have real economic consequences for people That's their intent. who have no agency over, you know what I'm saying, the corporation. They're just there trying to get a check, trying to make it just like everybody else. And I think that, you know... I think, time out, I think in light of that, though, I, I hear what you're saying, and it's a perfectly valid point, and I'm not... It's a good point. But my issue that I took with it when she said it, though, was like, there's still Walmart, there's still Apple... There's still Spotify. There's still Amazon. There's still all the. There's still the like your actual parent company, whoever's your uh, whatever label you're on. You can get it directly from there. There's so many sources where you can find music and pay for it legally. Target is not the only option, and honestly, people aren't running into Target or any other like physical brick and mortar store to buy music anyway, like that anyway. Pretty much the transactions are online at this point. I'm one of the few people that's still buying that, physical but I shit. I also see where somebody like Chrisette Michelle has an audience that still buys CDs. I get it, but they don't have to go just to Target to get it. And if they support it, they're going to support her anyway. It's, it's not like I can say it was the only place to get it. Like you were exclusively at Target, but that wasn't the case, yo. And it's just like the the, the basically the moment in the moment in which she chose to do that when it's like okay, there's a movement where people there's a groundswell saying. This is fucked up. Do we're not rocking with this. No, no, this no, is why we're not rocking with this. And you made it but about you. Mm. You know, consensus reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just I saying. I also think another part of it, though, is uh, even though she, you know, she has a great voice, I think Chrisette Michelle is just, you know, one of those artists who never really like emerged like she never really got big mm-hmm. and so a lot of them yeah it was a lot easier to like put her aside because mm-hmm. it's like oh you know i like you but i don't know if i like you like you mm-hmm. you know maybe somebody has like one album or you know you've seen her at like i don't know like summer spirit fest or something i don't even know if she was there mm-hmm. but you right. her at like some festival situation so it's not I don't think she already had like enough of a diehard base for this to be the hill to die on. And that was the problem because it's like, you know, I don't really rock with you like that anyway. So getting rid of you, it it really causes no problems in my life. It's not like I got to go burn, you know, two Chrisette Michelle albums now because she sung at the Trump inauguration. It's just, I want the concert. And that's why she gets money. And that's why she gets most of her money anyway. That's the irony. You know what? Now she don't even get to be like second billing on the show that you Mm -hmm. was. And I feel like that's why she really needs a pass because the reality is she do deserve to be second billing on the show that you would go to. Because again, I'm I'm not checking for you. You know what I'm saying? But we all know how I feel. I feel like I feel like, and I'm not saying this out of shade. I'm just saying it depends on the show. Because at the end of the day, I think I think we're all in agreement. 
that she's got a tremendous voice. I was saying that from the, the moment I heard her, probably like, first time I heard her is probably on Nas and shit. It's a while ago. She's been around for a minute. Um, she's got an incredible voice. It has a timeless feel to it. I've always dug her voice, and I've bought the first two albums that she did. Um, to me, though, I don't feel like she has a deep catalog, though. You know what I'm saying? I, I can I can I can put her in the same uh, vein as Jasmine Sullivan, but I think Jasmine Sullivan probably has more recognizable stuff. We put her in the same vein as say maybe a Jaheem. I think Jaheem still has like a we we fabulous. I feel like at the end of the day, when you're you're R and B singer like true R and B singer, it's kind of difficult because just in general people aren't supporting R and B unless it's somebody white singing it for the most part. Justin Timberlake or Sam Smith or Adele singing R&B, then it's cool. But like somebody like Anthony Hamilton or something like that or whatever, he's one like one of the few people that are still doing R&B that still has like some type of like pull. But I mean, the, the the genre in and of itself doesn't have the same respectability. So again, like I mean, a lot of what you make your money for is from when you're touring and you're performing. So her like again, as uh, T. Rich was saying, dying on that hill for Target. I was like, it was unnecessary. It's Target. At the end of the day, and people, and, the, and here's the thing, here's the kicker. The people that were going to buy her music in Target, regardless of the boycott, were going to do that anyway. So she didn't even need to say it. It's like, you know, we can say boycott Chick-fil-A. And how many people that are black, you still see eating Chick-fil-A, yo? Dude, I was watching, what, what is it, Killer Mike little Netflix show, and it was motherfucking Chick-fil-A on the table. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. So I tried to watch that show. Good transition, because I wanted to talk about it. And the educational porn. (laughs) (laughs) That was the episode that took me out. I was like, all right, you just, from when it started, he was like, what you want to be? You want to be this? You want to be that? You can't be any of that. I'm going to kill your dream. You should be a plumber. I was like, what the, what the hell? And then to just like transition into like how to change a light bulb while somebody's giving a blowjob, I was like, okay, um, okay, I can't do, I can't do see episode three. Uh, I'm stuck here because one, I don't give a fuck about the storyline and porn. If I'm watching porn and there's talking, I'm generally gonna click through all of that anyway to get to the to the scene that I want to see that's gonna get me to where I want to be. Um, but yeah, he. That, you know, I look at it as satire. That's how I interpret it, it. You know, and I, and I thought it was funny. I thought. I think he's for real serious though. But here's the problem, also, like with the first episode <laughs> where he was like, "Oh, I'm only buying black. I can't take a car because I have to." What is my car? Because my, I mean, Uber not black and the car right. not black. So I was like, oh, okay. So if you're going to go that hard, you need to go that hard. You need to be naked because well, you know <laughs> that those are cotton field. When You know those clothes came from China. What about them shoes? Why are you wearing shoes? I mean, if you're right. going to go hard, you need to go all the way hard. Can you even go to this black establishment? Do they own the building or are they renting? Because if they don't own the building, you shouldn't be there. How are you eating off these plates? I mean... If you're going to go there, styrofoam containers, you know what I'm saying? If we're going to go back to the clothes, you just straight shouldn't have on drawers or shoes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless you got on some New Balance, because I think they make New Balance or, and, and Under Armour. I think New Balance and Under Armour are made here, but then probably even only certain lines. So it's like, I was just kind of like, this this little random experiment that you're doing here, you, I, I like how you're picking and choosing. 
which picking and choosing, but like, let's be honest, you should be naked. So I think we, we noticed that what I took from it though, I thought it was a good way in my, in my estimation, I thought it was a good way to, to spark people's, um, thought process in terms of how you could be better about like, okay, like there are places where you can like literally, and there, there are actually entities that I've heard of, um, that have like full fledged websites or whatever that tell you places that, that where you can shop that are like really like well done They tell you places like across the country that sell black products or whatever and all this stuff or whatever. So that stuff is out there and people don't maybe give consideration to that or to like, um, we've we've talked about it offline um, on more than one occasion in terms of like where we get our food in terms of you know if, right. if shit goes south where are you getting your food from is it gonna be local or whatever so the idea of if you're going to be a black restaurateur because those do exist still if you're gonna be a an owner of a black restaurant maybe you didn't give consideration though to actually you know sourcing your food locally. And like, what would be the benefit of trying to make those type of inroads? How could that benefit both businesses or both entities if you did something like that? There's a Black Farmers Coalition that's like nationwide. Totally. You know what I'm saying? And but it's then, like, like also, can we expand what we think black is? Because I mean, you know, they manufacture a lot of shit in the fifty some odd countries that make up the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, if we expand what we call, you know, if we expand you know, our, our inclusion of blackness, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And the reality is, you know, you probably could get a lot of things. You probably could have, you could have liquor, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? You could have, you know, Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Cause there's all kinds of stuff that's manufactured in Africa, the Caribbean, you know what I'm saying? That like you can import, you know what I'm saying? So if you work really hard, you can buy black, you know what I'm saying? Probably in more ways than you think. But I also feel like, you know, that was a flaw in the argument that, you know, what do we think of as black? Well, let's expand that because black is global. Mm -hmm. And even just, I mean, like that was my problem. Like I, I, I got what he was saying as far as like, you know, trying to go to more like black owned shops of all kinds, but to just be like, Oh, I got these beans that I bought from like this black owned store, but I can't eat them because I can't find a, company that a black owned company that makes a can opener so then i'm like well how you know the can was made by black people (laughs) or the bag that you put the beans in (laughs) i'm like if you're gonna be that extreme then i need you to be that extreme otherwise i need you to have like a a real conversation about it right because Mm -hmm. i felt like there was a way to have a real conversation about it without pushing it to the almost extreme because then you're gonna have somebody like me somebody like (laughs) who's like but you're still wearing pants you need to be out here butt ass. And not be out here. <laughs> right. You need to be out here butt ass naked. You know, not eating off plates because they did find a lady who owned like a um, an urban farm and she cooked food. But I'm like, uh, you can't sit at this table. How you know you can sit at this chair? How you know you can eat off this plate? How you know you can use that fork? Why are you drinking? Where the ice cubes come from? Where the cup come from? Where the tea come from? And so. I just felt like, you know, he was trying to make the argument, but I got so caught up in the, I got so caught up in the foolishness of it mm-hmm. that the message for me did not hit. I understood what he was trying yeah. to say, but I was just like, you could have done this a better way. Yeah. And see, and, and I, I got what you're saying. It 
was nitpicky but not well thought out. Yeah. So I got what you're saying and and, and I'm totally on board with that. Um what I know he was dead serious about was in terms of banking black. Because he's actually been on multiple radio shows talking about that, about uh what that does in terms of like uh strengthening uh uh black businesses in terms of being able to actually um get loans and, and the and the power of like actually investing in black banks and so forth and so on. So like something like One United, um, which is a black owned bank, um, uh that you can get your stuff on online. That type of stuff I know he's dead ass serious about. This I looked at it, okay, it's like okay, this is kind of byproduct or whatever, a way to basically just poke the bear and get people to think more mm-hmm. about like, you know, going to Blue Fame, like, you know, in terms of like, you know, at the end of the day, you wanna be funny, it's like, you know, the money that he was spending in the Blue Flame was like produced and it has white faces on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And he's spending money that's coming, you know what I'm saying? So the value of your dollar, the dollar in and of itself is not black. So the New Africa was just ridiculous. Yeah, huh? New Africa was just ridiculous. New Africa? Oh, I haven't gotten that far. I've only got to two uh, two episodes. Oh yeah, he done bought a farm and bought some people out there, and so you know what I'm saying. Okay, I'm gonna have to wait to see it. Nation. Don't, don't give it away. <laughs> don't give it away. You're still giving it away. It just like you know, keep going. And see, this is the part that annoys me because I've listened to to him before, and I. I mean, he's he definitely presents himself in the light of someone who actually wants us to focus on topics that affect the black community. I just feel, bless you. Thank you, excuse me. But I'm like, are you doing a, an overall disservice? Because now it, it looks foolish. And hmm. I feel like the message is being watered down by the antics. Hmm. I mean, I, I believe... Yes. I mean, I believe in urban farms. Um, I believe in buying black and... I believe in you know, educational I reform. I believe in the idea that not everybody is supposed to go to college or will go to college. I certainly believe that there are jobs that are important that don't require a college degree, but... Right, like, I feel, I feel like it's either... It, this, this either-or argument is like old and it's played out like you know we need like like there is no winner or loser between Booker T and W.E.B. you know what I'm saying like ultimately we need both you know what I'm saying because if everybody had a PhD in nuclear physics someone would still have to work at a daycare center deliver clean the toilets clean the trash like all all stock the grocery shelves it would just we would be overqualified to do it in some aspects and underqualified in other aspects because you know when you get a degree in nuclear physics i'm pretty sure that you know i'm saying learning how to properly clean toilets in an efficient manner is not something that you learn how to do you know what i'm saying so like i just feel like we need everybody. And I feel like the conversation needs to change on some levels. We need to be talking about the appreciation of all labor. You know what I'm saying? Because the reality is we need people to work, you know what I'm saying, cooking food because the majority of people, you know what I'm saying, in this country don't cook their own fucking food. So it's like, you know, I I need us to get past that. And then I feel like on how he approached it, like, okay, fine, with the new Africa aspect, you know, we're going to get in here, we're going to grow our own food. And he just looks foolish because, like, there are real black people who are running urban farms and none of those people were invited to come and help him 
teach these people how to farm. And so it makes it seem like anybody can just sit down with a plot of dirt, you know what I'm saying, and grow anything. And it's like, that's not how and that works cannot. either. It takes work. You know, and not only is farming in itself an actual skill that is really an art form, but the other reality is there are actual people who go and get college degrees to be able to work on farms. You know what I'm saying? You know, from agronomists to, you know, people who work in, you know, very specific, you know, like areas of agricultural science, you know what I'm saying, aside from agronomy, you know, like, like it is a whole field, you know what I'm saying? There are people who are plant biologists who, you know what I'm saying, shocker, you know what I'm saying, don't give a fuck about what's going on in the forest, you know what I'm saying, but they're concentrating on what people plant in fields to be grown for, you know, all different, you know, kinds of crops. Because, you know, we do grow crops for things other than food, cotton is a plant, rubber comes from trees, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much more than just food that comes from plants. And, you know, there's so much more to farming than just throwing some seeds and watering on time, you know? So I just, yeah, you know. I, and I there are like, other elements like timber, like, you know, like like cutting timber and collecting, you know, right, that's that's exactly. farming. And I feel like there's, there's whole aspects, you know, there's whole experts, you know, black people, brown people, people, you know, maybe maybe white people who are working for the betterment of poor people, which would encompass, you know, black and brown people. And I just feel like some of the ways that he approached this, it was just not well thought out in the sense that there are experts who are readily available who will probably love to speak to you because, you know what I'm saying, they want somebody to make their subject matter sexy because they understand how important it is and it was just kind of like a lost opportunity in so mm -hmm. many ways and it made so so it does like t rich said make it seem like a joke because it's like if you're not actually taking seriously the fact that there are real experts that you could be talking to about a lot of the stuff instead of just kind of like giving your own ideas and you know limited factual, you know what I'm saying, bits of information that you can actually really give out and pass on to people. Because yes, you've read and digested enough to understand that your idea and your concept is good, but you don't have enough, you know, intricate knowledge of the subject to be able to relate to people how this thing actually is important to them and how it relates to them and how they can participate. And so, you know, when you don't involve all the experts that could be available to you, but you have a whole bunch of complex ideas that you're not really explaining well or demonstrating well how we can, you know, defeat the systems that we're stuck in, then, you know, it feels counterproductive. And the worst part is you, Lee, said, oh, I think it's satire, but you no, know, he's serious. And it's like, if you're going to be serious about some shit that looks or sounds crazy, Please get some people with, you know, with some expertise in there to actually with some practical knowledge to be able to show us why this is not actually so bad shit. And just off, off another, uh, this is just a little side take. I think with the, because again, I only got to the second episode, which was the educational porn. I think if you were to proceed, because I, I don't think he was off base. Like, again, it looked kind of like, like, what the fuck? But I think there's something like I think some people would actually benefit from educational porn. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> but well, let's talk about actual educational porn and not porn where you're trying to teach people how to put in plumbing. But like, why don't we make educational porn where you teach people to have good orgasms? 
that's another kind of conversation for another day. We've had that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at that. But what I was gonna say is uh I just if feel it, like that was another missed opportunity. <laughs> I, I, right, but I mean I just felt like also with I'm sorry, like the foolishness, you have to balance it out. And I don't feel like there was balance. No, there wasn't. Because it wasn't like the sexual act had anything to do with the actual skill that they were teaching. And I feel like there's too many analogies for you to not have really choreographed the act that you're showing that is supposed to keep people interested with what you're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. And that, 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 well, that was kind of dovetailing to what I was, what I was uh, going to say. And that is, if you're going to teach somebody how to fix a light switch or whatever and have like, you know, the women like like you had, they should do the other two exercises as well in terms of the doorknob and the the sink. All of them should have been doing the same thing, in other words. Because at the end of the day, somebody might not want to see like, you know, two two women or two men or a heterosexual couple. They might want to just see two men do these different educational activities or... In the privacy of their own homes, people watch anything. Um, not all people. I'm just, just saying, like you know, like I'm just saying. But I get it. You may not click on the video, but you've seen the film, huh? <laughs> you funny. <laughs> people may not click on the video to watch it, but they look at the thumbnail real close to see what's going on there. You know what I'm saying? So no, people will watch anything. Um, but I also feel like, you know, if you're going to teach us how to do a light switch thing, you know what I'm saying? Give us a, a real lesson in how to flick the bean. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> j- let's make it useful in, in all directions. I'm not mad yeah. at that. I'm not mad at it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. So maybe we'll pick that conversation up on a different day because we're going to put a bow on this conversation. Um. Yeah, like we rambled here. We kind of did. Yeah, but it was it was nice and it was kind of linear. It was. Yeah. Yeah, we jumped from one topic to the other, but they tied in. They were related. Mm -hmm. It was all about fuckery. So when you start, you know, with Trump at the top of it, you know, anything is possible. Mm -hmm. This is true. Oh, and can we give another shout out to Cardi B for taking down another conservative pundit? I feel like they should just keep coming for it because it's too entertaining. I will dog walk you, bitch. <laughs> Girl. That yeah, made my day. I'm enjoying Cardi B. That was Tommy Lauren that she got on with the dog walking. Who she get after that? She got some chick from Fox News who was, um, you know, Cardi did a song with City Girls. Mm-hmm. And it was like basically all twerking yes, and body I saw paint. It. And she was like, oh, this is wrong because then you're making women sexual objects and I don't understand why you would do this in the Me Too era. And Cardi B was like, oh, so you're saying that because I decide to dance this way and have appreciation for my body, I should be assaulted and raped? I'm asking a conservative because I'd like to know. <laughs> and she was yeah. like, oh, no, no, maybe I'm just saying that. Maybe I just feel that way because I can't twerk. Maybe you could come on my show. Oh, she tried to <laughs> Ah, Okay. Interesting. No, bitch. Deep water. No. <laughs> Swim back. You'll stay right here in my mansion. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, find it us where cold. you find. It is cold. Unless you're in Australia, that is hot enough for the bats to fall from the trees because they're losing Shut consciousness. Up. Yeah, their brains are basically being fried. Oh. It's like 120 degrees. 
That makes no sense. Sad. That's climate change. Also, snakes are crawling into the toilets. Fuck that. Because they're looking oh. for cool, warm places. Oh my god! Fuck that. But every are time I, I'm dead ass serious. Every time I think about going to Australia, there's something else that pops up that reminds me. No, bitch. This and country continent there, is not for you. Everything there is big and poisonous. So it's like the snake is in your toilet. And it's not like here where it's maybe a garter snake. Like it'll bite you on your ass and you'll die. Before you, no, thank you. A seven-foot-long mm-hmm. python slipped into someone's open door and was hanging out in the shower. Excuse me? Yes. Oh, my God. It ate your dog and your Well, it cat. did eat a cat. One of the <laughs> one of the snakes did eat a cat. Oh, the Lord. Yes. No. Mm-mm. The tires are melting. It's a whole, it's a whole mess. Uh, I think they said the coolest it got overnight um, was like 96 degrees. So you travel all that way and then nature's going to kill you? Mm-mm. You travel all that way to have a python bite you in the cunt while you're trying to sit on the toilet to take a piss in the middle of the night. No, no thank, thank you. you. No. Because right, who turns on the light and looks for the toilet in the middle of the night? Actually, I do because I have a fear of snakes just randomly being in my toilet. I don't know why. Probably because I have an unhealthy fear of snakes. You've totally scarred me. Now but also, be in the dark. I have a nightlight in my bathroom. They have so toilet nightlights. To <laughs> so I don't have to turn on the overnight light because the overhead light because I literally have to look in the toilet every time before I go to it. Yeah, they have toilet nightlights lights on that are um, that are actually inside the toilet. Because it is my fear. Because like they they did a report of one lady who sat on the toilet in the middle of the night and she felt a tap against her butt and looked <laughs> down. And there was a, a snake coiled up in the toilet. Like, the no, no, the fuck. No. no, no, sir. And see, the only snakes that swim, swim around here are, um, what are those things? Water moccasins. And they're totally poisonous. I'm good. Uh-uh. So, yeah, that, that went less, 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 less uh, than I thought it was going to be. I thought, I thought it was going to be like a totally different comic coming out of your mouth. <laughs> no. And rats. Rats can swim up in your toilet, too. Good Lord. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it plays to just be ignorant. Whoa. So, yeah, Chicago's colder than Antarctica, and Australia's colder than, I think, Qatar or Dubai. One of those. It's hotter than Dubai? Wow. I think so, yeah. Wow. Because, you know, it's summer there. So. Hmm. But global but, warming is. Yeah, so. I was just about to say that. Just about to say, but global warming is a lie because it's not the same as climate Trump. I mean, it's not the same as weather, but he doesn't understand that because he wants global warming because Chicago is going to be cold. I'm surprised he doesn't want it to be cold to freeze out all the niggers. So we'll be back next week. Um, You guys can join us. We'll have some new fresh hot tops for you. Um, Logging off me, T. Rich. Me, K. Savage. We've been as a third, a.k.a. DaVinci Box. Remember to take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Find a cuddle buddy and snuggle up with them. Unless you're in Australia, then just leave. Right, because it's too hot to lay next to anybody. Too hot. Let alone be touched by them. Don't touch. I don't want you in the same house because you're giving off too much body heat. Right, I feel your, your hot breath from across the room. <laughs> And not because it's tart, just because your presence here has raised the house temperature too much. Too much. No, fuck that. It's too hot. It's too hot.
Because people are dying. Stay bus, stay woke. <laughs>